The Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by GameTime. GameTime tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Download the GameTime app today and use the code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. And finally, we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. United penalty here. There was a few that Chelsea had a bit of a rubber the green via VAR at the weekend. But it has not gone in their favour today. And Bruno Fernandes doesn't give them an early boost. Saved by Sanchez. And then the rebound over the top from Garnacho. A golden chance to get off to a flying start isn't taken by Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes with the disguised pass. Garnacho, Maguire, McTominay. It's been coming. Scott McTominay with a goal that brings huge cheers and massive relief for Manchester United. Manchester United look hungry. Fernandes is falling. McTominay somehow denied a second. By a double stop from Robert Sanchez. Now is Raheem Sterling Jensen in support. And Nicholas Jensen denied by Anana. Big save from a player who has been under the microscope for some mistakes. Thiago Silva to Mudrick. That's a good pass. Palmer, nice first touch. Still going, Palmer! by Maguire into Reguilon wide to Ganacho across the back post he's done it again he's done it again 
I can't believe it. I was just waiting to see who scored it, whether there was going to be an offside. He's done it again. Scott McTominay. I tell you what, this lad, when he's in the penalty box, he is colder than Jack Frost's arse in an ice bath. Absolute cold. He's so cold finishing. Ice cold. Because Stone Cold said so. You are listening to a happy edition of BetMUFC because of Stone Cold Scott McTominay, apparently, um, leading Manchester United to the win. McTominay now has six goals so far this season. And if it wasn't for him, I don't know where we'd be. But where we are is in the top six, three points behind City, ahead of the great Newcastle United and level with that incredible monster, that title contender Tottenham. And people were lauding them up as title contenders and Ange Postacoglu as the next manager of God's first 11. But, you know, look what's happened. Four defeats in five for Tottenham. Reality has kicked in. The Spursiness has resurfaced. And Man United, without playing very well at all, are now in the top six, three points away from City. Now, granted, City have been woeful. It's not very often they're not going to win four straight games. But I think the point I always go back to is the fact that take three points of Arsenal because they didn't beat us. Add three points onto United because we would have won that game. And the table looks very, very different immediately. It's a crazy Premier League season when you think about how things have gone so far. And we're not even halfway through yet at this point. But... Man United do need to, and I've said this so many times this season, they do need to build off that last result. We do, need, we do need to find a way to stay in Europe after this game against Bournemouth. We do need to win against Bournemouth, otherwise the win against Chelsea is negated. And once again, for about the eighth time this season, Ten Hag will be in must-win territory. But the problem is, if you don't win this game against Bournemouth and you do put yourself under pressure and you do go out of the Champions League as well and out of Europe entirely... Your next game is at Anfield where you could potentially be smashed by Liverpool. So it is it is a difficult time to be in a must-win situation. I just say don't put yourself under that pressure. It's very likely we're not taking any points next week. But we do solidify our position in the top six and as Champions League contenders by doing what we should do. And that's beating Bournemouth. We'll talk more about that in a second. You're, of course, listening to BetMFC here on the Soccer Gambler podcast. You can follow BetMFC on X at BetMFC. That's at BetMFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. Their other account is at Gambling Podcast. That's at Gambling Podcast. And finally, you can follow my other X account as well, which is at LockBettingX. That's at LockBettingX. The um, TikTok is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. LockBetting.com has delivered 126 months in a row of transparent and track profit. If you go to the X account at LockBetting.X, you'll see the pinned tweet. It's always a profit loss spreadsheet from the previous month, and all the profit loss spreadsheets are tweeted or X'd every month, whatever we're calling it now. But they are all left up on the website LockBetting.com. When you look through the spreadsheets, you'll see a sensibly managed bankroll. We don't chase losers with bigger plays. We don't have five-unit plays on there that have 
10 unit blades on there, 20 unit plays, whale plays, whatever they are, max plays, whatever that may be, or play of the year bullshit. We don't bet with monopoly money. We use real stakes, making betting accessible for real people. So if you have that disposable income, we can make this hobby, which is what it should be, a more profitable one, and that will make it a more fun one. In turn, if you have any questions, shoot me a DM at the X account, at LockBankX. That's at LockBankX. So we're going to get quite quickly on to listening to Ten Hag's thoughts for this game against Bournemouth because I think we've said what we needed to say against Chel- about the Chelsea game. Obviously, we won and we need to build on that. I think the only thing I'll add is the statistical side of it. Man United have eked out a lot of wins this season where the stats didn't favour us. Even a few weeks ago against Everton in what was one of our more impressive wins so far this season, uh, Everton had plenty of chances and... Um, should have scored goals in that game and the stats weren't very, very lopsided. They were lopsided in this game. To outplay Chelsea, a team who have gone toe-to-toe with City, toe-to-toe with Arsenal, beat Tottenham away, turn up for the big games, that was a very, very good result for Man United. So I'd argue that was their best performance of the season alongside the one against Galatasaray because going to Galatasaray and winning, which is what we should have done if we didn't have a fucking circus clown in goal, um, we, would have, we would have come away with an incredible win that would have put us in pole position to qualify in second place in the Champions League. I think the common, den- the common denominator from those two great performances was the fact, and it is a fact, that Marcus Rashford didn't get on the pitch. We did get on late against Chelsea, but it wasn't long enough for his lazy ass to make us feel like we had 10 men. So it is looking like Rashford's a problem. Everybody's very quick to go, oh, Anthony's shit. Anthony's a waste of money. Anthony's a waste of space. Anthony's terrible. How is Anthony an £80 million player? Well, he didn't fucking pay for himself. He didn't ask them to pay 80 million. He didn't say, oh, hey, um, Man United, if you want to take me, I, mean, I cost 80 million. He doesn't give a shit about that. He was just a player who was doing well for Ajax, got signed by Ajax, did well there, did well for Ten Hag there, and got picked for the Brazilian national team. You're not shit if you're in the Brazil squad. You're a moron if you think someone's shit that does play for Brazil, but he's not shit. He might not be worth 80 million, but he didn't pay for himself. Um, if somebody wants to pay 80 million for Marcus Rashford, I beg them to come in and pay that because he is very, very much the poor man's child feeding version of Mbappe because that's, that's about it. He's Mbappe 10% of the time. And even Mbappe, as I mentioned on the last show, isn't the Mbappe that people think he is 50% of the time because his record against big teams, other than obviously turning up for the World Cup, that's what people will argue. Oh, well, he turned up for a couple of World Cup finals. Yeah, I know he did. But, but how many Champions League games has he turned up for? I mean, they, they are the games. It's coincidental that he has turned up for two World Cup finals. But he didn't turn up in a quarterfinal against England. Carl Walker, he had, he had to, he had to knock, on the, knock on the seal of the pocket for Carl Walker to let him out of his pocket in that game. It was, it, he was a non-factor in that game. And Carl Walker's over 30 years old. And Kylian Mbappe did nothing in that game. It's very different when you're going up against Acuna and Montiel or whoever played out wide for Argentina in that game. But when he comes up against world-class opponents, which you do more often in the Champions League than the World Cup, to be fair, um, and, and when he comes up against the likes of, of Carl Walker playing for France, Mbappe's very, very quiet most of the time. I'm not saying he hasn't rinsed a couple of decent fullbacks in his time but I think he's overrated. And Marcus Rashford is the overrated version of him. So just imagine how overrated he is. He has one good game in 10. And Man United fans are ready to christen him as the new Mbappe, the second coming, and his shirts are, shirts are flying off the shelves. I'm not a fan. I've wanted it to work out because I'm a believer that 
if you call Manchester United, if you called Liverpool, that there should be some resemblance of that there. So you want to see some Manchester players in there. The best times where Man United were thriving was when you had that whole group of players. I know Beckham's not from Manchester, but he was scouted young. So it kind of counts if you've been signed young by Man United and that's all you know is, is, is living in Manchester as a, as a teenager. Um, but the, around him, you had the Neville brothers, you had Ryan Giggs, who I know is Welsh also, you had Paul Scholes. But these were British-born players who who played for Manchester and grew up in Manchester. It was They were at the heart of the team. Obviously, that becomes less and less as winning becomes more and more important and you don't have time to give these players a chance. But Marcus Rashford is a real Manchester kid who's always been at United and you want him rather than someone like Anthony or or Hoyland to be the main man. You want it to happen. You wanted the same thing to happen to Lingard. But Lingard was a fucking idiot. And Mason Greenwood's obviously a fucking idiot as well because of what he'd done. But but the difference between Greenwood and Rashford is the fact that there is just no comparison in terms of talent. There's no comparison when you're looking at what Greenwood could potentially be. And Marcus Rashford obviously succumbs to these distractions, succumbs to this um, this celebrity life and this publicity and wanting to feed the kids to get his name out there in a positive light. But I don't think Greenwood cares about that. If Greenwood did, his name wouldn't be out there in the light that it's in at the moment. Obviously, he needs to probably go a little bit in the Rashford direction in terms of sorting his shit out. But if he continues to do what he's doing at Hitafe, which is you know, the likes of smashing the ball into the top corner of the net from the edge of the box when he cuts inside, which Marcus Rashford can only dream about doing because this guy cries when he's not even in a position where he can't cut inside. So first of all, he wants to cry till he gets put in his position while Garnacho's doing better than him at the moment. And then he needs to cut inside and actually do something instead of crying to play in a position where you've done fuck all all season, which is the reason why someone else has your shirt. That's the situation with Marcus Rashford at the moment. Whereas Mason Greenwood, he's gone to Hatafe, he's just got on with it. And it's going to be very, very difficult for Man United to justify selling him full-time and not bringing him back if he continues to do that. At the same time, it's going to be difficult to bring him back because everything is woke, everyone's a crybaby, and it's going to be a political and media backlash for United if they bring him back. So I think that he's going to have to continue on in this trajectory. In fact, it's going to have to be even better. He's going to have to be absolutely insane. He's going to have to make himself an irresistible option to Man United to come back. But as far as talent goes, head and shoulders, head and shoulders above Marcus Rashford. And that didn't have to be the case. It's just that Marcus Rashford won't take the ball and practice his free kicks, practice on his other foot, do do the things in training necessarily, work on his work on his body. He won't, he won't do that. He he's the same player, the same above average player that he's always been. Rashford hasn't improved in the last five years. He hasn't found that consistency. He hasn't taken it, taken things by the scruff of the neck and become that keeper. And I don't want to fucking waste six or seven minutes of show talking about Rashford. I'm just sick of his shit. I just I just the evidence is there. United almost showed, like like they did with Ronaldo. There were there were times where Ronaldo lost the dressing room and fell out with people because he was pretty much right about everything he said. But it did cause a rift, and the players who, even the ones with poor reputations, all rolled their sleeves up and delivered. It was a, it was a, it was a period where Marcus Rashford really played his best football. Jadon Sancho was playing decent at the time. Uh, I don't think Bruno Fernandes had particular beef with 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 um, with Ronaldo, but he was part of a midfield with Ericsson and Casemiro that worked. The defenders all played better, and like I said, I don't think Varane had a beef with Ronaldo either. But collectively, as a team, they showed that they were more 
than Ronaldo. And at the at, at the game against Chelsea and against Galatasaray, they showed that they were more without Rashford. So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but there's certainly different clicks at Man United and people on different pages. Before we move on to listening to Eric Ten Hag, let me take a quick pause to tell you guys about Bet Rivers. We're brought to you today by Bet Rivers, and Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states, plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space, and their betting menu second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers as well, so sign up using our link to get a risk free bet up to $500. Just go to sportsgamblingpockets.com slash Bet Rivers. That's sportsgamblingpockets.com slash Bet Rivers. Problem gambling? Call 1 800 Gambler. That's 1 800 Gambler, G A M B L E R. Eric, hi, how are you? Um, first of all, congratulations on Manager of the Month and to Harry as well uh, for Player of the Month. Um, with, with Harry, and, I and, the goal of, and the Goal of the Month. And Goal of the Month as well. Uh, got a hat trick. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. Um, it's quite interesting because when you look at Harry Maguire and the conversations around him at the start of the season, Scott McTominay as well, they've, they've kind of turned their United careers around, haven't they? Is that fair? I think. <laughs> We have a squad, and that squad is internal competition. And if you want to have a successful season, you need more than 11 players. And yeah, uh, finally, and as in every season, it will turn in every season what is the best team. And yeah, from how they were here, they are great players, and they play themselves in the team. And yeah, so that is what you expect from every player. This has to be the dedication. Uh, from every player uh, to aim for this. I just thought it was quite interesting that I know you answered it a bit on Wednesday night about the, the crisis at Manchester United, which which you played down. You're only three points behind Manchester City. So does the narrative need to change? <laughs> so we know where we are going, and yeah, we had our setbacks, especially in the start of the season. Uh, a lot of things went against us with injuries, uh, with uh, decisions, and sometimes you find yourself as a team in such a place and then you have to deal with it. And then you see the character of the team. But we fought back and I think we are now in a better place. We are in a better form. Um, uh, You see the performances are increasing. We are improving as a team and as individuals. And you see, you get a stronger belief, but we also know we have to be very sharp in every game because you all, we also know that this league is very competitive and you see it and in the results recently, this week as well. Uh, everyone kills everyone. So you need to be ready for every game. Um, Eric, Marcus Rashford obviously taken out of the side on Wednesday night. Have you seen a reaction from him to that decision? He, so Rashford is incredible, good player. And, um, you can't do it with 11 players and also he can't play every game and um, yeah he's not in this moment in the shape in the form where he was last year but uh, I'm sure he will get there the, the game against Chelsea in terms of chances created and so on arguably one of the best of the season how difficult will it be for Marcus to get back into the side given the way he played that is so what I said about Scott McTominay, what I said about Harry Maguire, it's up to them. Uh, so finally, it will always uh, the team will line themselves up, and the best players forms uh, who forms the best team, who constructs the best team, they will play. Uh, Fraser, 
Um, you've never lost to um, Bournemouth um, in Premier League in recent times. Um, how important is it that you continue um, the confidence that you found at home uh, into this game this time around? Yeah. So I think they have also a very good form, Bournemouth. <laughs> so it's uh, um, we, we have, of course, we have seen them, and it's very good side. It's very good constructed that team. Uh, capable players, yeah. You have again. You have to play your best. And as I said in previous question, uh, everyone is killing everyone. And so you you have to be 100 ready as a team for that game. And so that's our job to do and to get there. Please. Eric, how difficult is it this weekend with your selection? Because I know the next game is always the most important, but you have a very very important game on Tuesday as well. So. How, how difficult is the selection dilemma this weekend? I, as, as a manager, uh, with my coaches, um, with the rest of the staff, of course, you have also always considerations and we take everything in account. But as you say, the next game is also, always the most important. And especially uh, in the Premier League, where everyone is killing everyone, uh, you need a very strong team. How delighted have you been with, with Scott and Harry? Because as, as, as has already been mentioned, we wondered what was happening with them at the start of the season. But Scott already now is he's scoring lots of goals. How big a surprise is that for you? No, actually, from the first moment I saw, he has, um, he has a very good smell to making the box. And he is a very good finisher. So, in, um, yeah, so that's not a surprise. Uh, when, he, when the team, when we bring him, in the way we want to play him in the position when we get the balls there yeah he will finish uh, last question in this section uh, Andy Eric, can I ask you about Luke what he brings to the team technically tactically and his presence in the dressing room yeah, to start with at last um, I think a lot he, I think he's a player where others can build on he gives belief and confidence to other players um, so the, the, the teammates around him they feel comfortable uh, he will uh, he will deal with difficult situations and he will set up uh, and take initiative to, to create so yeah it strengthens absolutely the team uh, so uh, so his first in his presence his personality but then also he has the skill set uh, with his physicality uh, so so strong, uh, also technical, very good. Uh, so yeah, he's a high profile player and so we are happy he's back in. Not too much to unpack from that. So we'll move on to previewing the game against Bournemouth. Before we do that, let me let you know that Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favourite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball and college football. Simply pick higher or lower in your favourite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com when you sign up with the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. as Underdog Fantasy and the promo code SGPN. And we'll also take this pause to tell you guys about game time. Ticket buying can be frustrating, especially if you go at the last minute. Are they the best seats available? Are better seats going to become available? Have you let good seats at a good price go because you waited by not pulling that trigger? Have you bought tickets that haven't arrived and it's the day of the event and will call or anything to do with it because they are secondary market tickets and they did not come directly from the box office? All of this kind of shit. 
I have dealt with and ticket buying shouldn't be that stressful. Game time allows you to buy the best tickets at the best price. And if you find tickets in the same price or section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So forget planning months in advance. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Game time tickets also make the perfect holiday gift. So download that game time app, create an account and use that code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Time is applied, but again, create an account, redeem the code CFBX for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Let me also finish up here by telling you guys to stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets. Use Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. So in a weird kind of way, this is the real test for United building on what they've done. Now, we haven't fared too well this season against opponents in the top half. Not that Chelsea are a massively established top half club, but we know they have top half potential. We know that they, if when this squad gels, if it gels, they will be a top six team or even a top four team or even a title contender because obviously the money, the money tree there is just endless unless, of course, they end up getting punished for this through FFP, which they should do. And Chelsea have the type of season where they're just trying to stay in the league because they have to um, navigate a 12, 15 or 20 point deduction, something like that. You can see Chelsea having just a dead season where they're trying to sort of go up against a minus 20 deficit and just try to stay in the league. Because that, that, that's coming for them. And worse is probably coming for Manchester City. Well, at least hopefully it is. But they should be moving forward. And that was a big win for United. But this is also a big letdown spot. And we've been let down in this sort of situation before. We've been beaten at home by Crystal Palace. We've been beaten at home by Brighton. Newcastle have come to Old Trafford and whipped us in the Carabao Cup. We've lost at home to Galatasaray as well. So Old Trafford isn't quite a fortress now after what we did last season. That's a shame. But Man United do need to build on this. It's not exactly like we're playing Bournemouth at the best time either because they've just found some form. If we were playing Bournemouth a month ago, this probably would have been a home banker. And the price tells you it's not. United are the 8-13 to favourites. It's 18-5 on the draw and it's 17-4 to here on Bournemouth. I still think United will get it done though. I feel that now is the time to really build on what we've done. It surprised a lot of people. It's almost like a double boost because not only have we got the win, we've seen everybody else around us fail. Newcastle got whooped, Tottenham collapsed, Manchester City haven't won in four. And to see those teams around us, that's a double boost. And I think the double boost should really inspire Manchester United to go for it here against Bournemouth. But it's not going to be without concession, I don't think. Therefore, either BTTS and over two and a half goals both appeal. Over two and a half goals was a winning bet for us in midweek. So I think that we'll go for it again. The narrative, as I said, suggested that Man United were in disarray, but six wins in eight. Manager of the month, goal of the month from player of the month for Harry Maguire tells you otherwise. And they can run out winners here against Bournemouth. But I think it's going to be a game where they may need to score two or three because I think Bournemouth will contribute towards the scoring. Bournemouth have scored in each of their last eight games and they are now playing the Areola football that we expected at the start of the season. But if Manchester United are on form here, they should be able to win the game. Let's not forget they dominated the game against uh, Chelsea statistically. 
in midweek and um, they probably should have scored more goals. Scott McTominay definitely should have had a hat-trick. And of course, don't forget, Bruno Fernandes missed the penalty. Now, the over 2.5 goals here doesn't really offer up too much value. It's priced up at 8-15. to 15. I know we've got a self-imposed rule where um, we only take things that are better than minus 200, and this is, but I still don't like it being this close to minus 200. So my rule is almost now at minus 160 or so because I never take minus 200 even though I'm entitled to I'm entitled to do anything it's a self-imposed rule so I'm confident enough to take this to BTTS and over two and a half goals as I think this will be a game that has three goals and I do think Bournemouth will make a contribution they'll continue to score or Man United will give them that chance to score or Unana might be due a mistake because he hasn't made one for a game or two so perhaps this will be a game where Andre Anana makes a mistake and um, it proves costly, or at least it proves, um, at least it makes the game more difficult for Man United to come through. But I do think we'll come through. This will put us in good stead for the Champions League game against Bayern. That's another game where I'm expecting a positive result because I don't think Bayern will go full out with their team lineup. They did last time against Copenhagen, but in, in contrast, they didn't go full out with their performance, despite the fact they were defending a Champions League 100% record for the third season in a row, which was said to be important to them. Now that's out the window. They have nothing to defend and no real reason to put a full effort forward at Old Trafford. So United could really put together a decent winning run by winning this. They could potentially have three wins in a row going to Anfield. Now, I'm not expecting anything at Anfield and that makes this game even more important because if you drop points here and if you go out to Champions League in midweek and you lose to Liverpool and you lose heavily, suddenly that ugly word starts coming up again. Crisis, crisis, crisis. And we heard it all season. We're in crisis. Man United in crisis. Man United are in turmoil. Well, the league table doesn't tell you that. And the league table also tells you if Arsenal had three less points and Man United had three more, then the league table would say that Manchester United were challenging for the league, as ridiculous as that sounds. There's also been other, in fact, multiple VAR decisions that have gone gone against us. Too many to mention, like the one against Tottenham and others. But we are where we are. It is what it is. And Manchester United need to build on what they did in midweek. And that means that they need to win this game. That's it for me and this edition of Bet MFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.